Welcome to Passion for the Pastime, where baseball lives 24-7-365. Catch conversations with beat writers, broadcasters, current and former players of all levels. Now, here's your host, Walter Ica Balsetta. Uh, uh, <laughs> Whoops, I fumbled. I got to get out of here. Walter Ica Balsetta. Hey, how's it going, everybody? And welcome back to another episode of Passion for the Pastime Podcast. It is hot stove league season. The hot stove is burning. Not really. I mean, we're getting to that point. We're, we're kind of at the point of the offseason where you're checking the propane tank, you're you're uh, you're clicking, and it's not coming on, and then you find out you can run out of gas. That that's that's the point of the of the hot stove. That we're on right now, but things are going to start heating up. A lot of rumors going around. That that's that's really what this time of year is. Is just nonstop rumors. Literally, the notes that I had for this podcast that I did a, a day ago. Uh, there's new stuff. So so every single day from the time that you hear this podcast, and I'm going to put it out as soon as uh, as I'm done here in in about six hours, you'll be listening to this podcast things could have changed. That is what the beast of the off season is during the hot stove season with baseball as it comes to it. But we'll, we'll break down all of that. Uh, we'll get into some rumors that are floating around there. The brewers might be uh, looking to blow it up. That's the latest thing that I've seen from John Heyman of uh, MLB.com. There's a lot of rumors out there saying that uh, they're open to move anyone on the roster. So we'll dive into that. We'll see what pieces that you would want to see from the Milwaukee brewers. Uh, and there's tons of players that will be available, made available uh, for trade. I mean, when you look into the offseason, when you look at uh, what just concluded in Scottsdale, and welcome to the show, everybody. Sorry, I'm so excited uh, to start talking about all of this, these these rumors, these uh, this news that's popping up every five minutes, every five seconds, every time you refresh uh, Twitter. Your Twitter is going to be worn out by the end of this season of the hot stove uh, for sure. But make sure you're following Buster only. Make sure you're following uh, John Morosi, everybody. You want to follow Jeff Passan, uh, even though he's he's uh, sending out some, some nice typos out there, if anyone uh, knows. If you know, you know. But uh, welcome to the show, everyone. Welcome back to Passion for the Pastime. I told you that we will be getting into this, uh, the hot stove season. we got to dissect everything that is coming down the forefront, uh, the latest rumors, all of that. We'll get into that. But the GM meetings, uh, that's why we have all of these rumors, because the GM meetings just concluded in Scottsdale. And generally speaking, I mean, the GM meetings it covers a lot of things uh, a lot of off the field matters but um a lot of rule changes which we'll get into an, another time uh, during the off season there'll be a time and a place to get into everything that is being discussed uh, at the GM meetings but for sure uh when you get all of them in the same room Farhan pulls somebody aside and like hey uh you know I like Jonathan India or <laughs> hey uh what do you what do you think about Corbin Burns uh, you you sold on him on your team that's the type of things that happen at these GM meetings. You're they're all in one place, uh, and inevitably, inevitably, that's a hard word to say. Inevitably, you like that, Mike? I, I can read. Uh, inevitably, 
<laughs> Shout out Mike Holder. Inevitably, deals uh, get discussed, and sometimes, you know, they get completed. I mean, um, we all know that the winter meetings, which are going to be taking place, and I'm going to run through the offseason schedule here in just a second so we can talk about everything that's going to go down. But the winter meetings, they will be kicking off in Nashville uh, in a couple of weeks. December 3rd is when it starts, 3rd to the 6th. So that is when uh, everything will be ramping up as far as signings, trades, all that. We'll get into that as that day uh, inches closer, but let, let's go through the, the off season schedule, if you will, uh, coming up here, because we just, as I mentioned, concluded the GM meetings in Scottsdale. That was, uh, November 7th to, to the 9th. Uh, we have concluded that and Scott Boris was out there showboating his clients. Uh, <laughs> it's John Shea of the Chronicle. We had him on, on, on KMBR with Papa and Lund earlier this week. And, and, uh, he had a conversation with Scott Boris and said, Hey, are uh, what players are out there that can that can benefit uh, the Giants? And he goes on to, to list about five different guys: Sonny Gray, a Scott Boris client; uh, Cody Bellinger, a Scott Boris client. It's it's almost to the point where who isn't a Scott Boris client at the at this point? You know who isn't a Scott Boris client? Shohei Otani. Shohei Otani is not a uh, a a Scott Boris client, and and Scott Boris is probably. Losing his mind uh, because Otani is going to get 500 mil plus. And we'll, we'll get into Otani talk, too. We can't have a baseball podcast, especially a rumor podcast, uh, the hot stove podcast. You can't, you can't have a baseball conversation without mentioning Shohei Otani. We'll, we'll get into that because he is up for, for some awards as well. Uh, MVP consideration. Is he going to win the MVP all the time? I mean, we'll, we'll get into that. We'll talk about all the awards because starting off with our calendar of the offseason, next Monday or this coming Monday, November 13th, Rookies of the Year will be announced on MLB Network, uh, the broadcast 6, 6 o'clock Eastern time, so 3 o'clock out here for uh, for the best coast on the West Coast. So uh, the, the Rookie of the Year will be announced on the 13th. You also have that followed by Manager of the Year. Shout out Bruce Bochy. Should be getting that. I, I can't see uh, anyone else getting that. Yeah, well, I mean, we'll, we'll get we'll get into that. We'll, we'll look at the at the finalists because the finalists were announced for the awards. But Manager of the Year uh, on the 14th, but also on the 14th, the more it, it, exciting, I, I wouldn't say exciting, but the more important detail of the 14th is that the owner meetings will be kicking off in Arlington uh, and that will be from the 14th to the 16th. Why I mentioned that, because, I mean, why are we talking owners' meetings, GMs' meetings, all that kind of stuff? The big thing that is going to come in play on the 14th is that the owners, they are they are set to vote on the athletics uh, relocating to Las Vegas. The A's will need 22 votes from the other 29 owners to approve relocation and everyone is anticipating that this will uh go through so we will see what ends up happening there as we get closer again that is the 14th to the 16th we'll probably talk about that next week um when when the vote comes in also on the 14th a big uh a big important detail on the 14th is that that is the deadline for free agents to accept and or reject qualifying offers uh, and that deadline is 4 p.m eastern players who accept that qualifying offer from those teams. I believe there's about eight guys uh, that received qualifying offers with uh, with Blake Snell, Cody Bellinger, 
Shohei Otani, uh, am- among others, pretty much anyone that is a big name free agent, Aaron Nola, all got qualifying offers. The qualifying offer is for 20.5 mil uh, if they accept it, and they will remain th- with their team if they do indeed accept it. All those guys that I mentioned, Cody, Bellinger, Otani, Blake Snell, Aaron Nola, yeah, zero chance uh, that they <laughs> accept that uh, qualifying offer because they are due a lot of multi-year dollars um, in this year's free agency. The other thing that you need to know is Shohei Otani, Bellinger, I already mentioned, Blake Snell, they they, uh, are among those free agents that have had the qualifying offer. But the 14th is their last day to accept or reject it. So a lot of news will be coming in. But like I said, the rumors of all those guys um, that I mentioned that received their qualifying offers, it does not look like they will be accepting those qualifying offers. Moving on later into next week, the Cy Youngs will be announced uh, for both leagues on MLB Network at 6 Eastern. Also on the 16th, you got the MVPs uh, that will be announced for each league. That's always an interesting conversation. Uh, and and this year, it's it's so interesting because you have, I think in, in every award race, you always have the two that are debatable, right? You have the two that are debatable, and then you have the other one that's throw in. There's just like, oh, yeah, he, he deserves recognition too. But oddly enough, this year, the I think the prospective winners, and I, I don't know if it's up for debate at all, but uh, Shohei Otani, I mean, I think he'll, that he'll win it in the American League, and Ronald Acuna in the National League, they're both going against two guys that play for the same team. <laughs> and and that's always the biggest hindrance. Like when you look at an MVP, if you have a teammate in the conversation, I think that that should automatically eliminate you. Because, well, if you're not even the most valuable on your own team, <laughs> how the hell are you going to be the most valuable in the league? So uh, that is a very interesting uh, way to look at it. But, yeah, Shohei Otani is going against uh, Corey Seager and Marcus Simeon in the finalists for the American League MVP, which is which is very interesting. I mean, nothing to take away from Marcus Simeon and from Corey Seager. Corey Seager, actually, I mean, if you if you have the 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 uh, the viewpoint of, and it's interesting because I had this viewpoint and I still kind of do, is that how could you be named an MVP if your team didn't make the playoffs? I, I just you know it, again, it's not. A team award. It's not based on success. It's individual success. That's what these awards are. But how can you be the most valuable if you weren't, if, if you didn't elevate your team to get to, to the playoffs? I mean, I understand. Like, yeah, it's it's a team game and it's only one player for for uh you know the the nine and, and the pitching staffs and everything like that. You can't control everything. But I feel like that should be a category that you look at and say, all right, well, where did they fare in the playoff picture or in the division? I mean, where the hell did, did the Angels even finish in the division? Did they, did they finish fourth? Were they only ahead of the A's? I, I think so because, yeah, because all, all the other teams made, made the playoffs. <laughs> yeah, that's an easy way to, to remember. You had the Astros that won in division. 
Oh, I guess you. I, I guess you didn't have the uh, the Mariners make the playoffs, but they were close to making the playoffs. They almost made the playoffs. So you had the Mariners ahead of them, and then you had the uh, the World Series champions finishing second in the AL West uh, with the with the Texas Rangers. So, uh, so yeah, they finished fourth in their division. I mean, finishing fourth in the division is that is that scream MVP? I know, I know, he's a two way player. Damn it! I, I'm just I'm just trying to give you the the alternative. The alternative, all right? I know that Shohei Otani, what he does is just special in and of itself. But I do have a question. We'll get we'll get into that when we talk about MVPs. But uh, let's finish out this, this calendar real quick for the offseason. The 16th, I mentioned the MVPs will be announced. Uh, on the 20th, the 2024 Hall of Fame ballot will be released. And also uh, notable, will be this will be Gary Sheffield's 10th and final year of eligibility is Gary Sheffield a Hall of Famer we will uh we will discuss that at some point uh when that ballot comes out but 10th and final year on the ballot uh also on year three on the ballot we got a rod so you're gonna get in I don't know uh year nine we got uh Billy Wagner on there year six we got Todd Helton six years for Todd Helton I thought I, I thought he should have been uh been in a while ago and then also uh making their debut the first timers I think this is a uh, uh, a uh, first ballot Hall of Famer guy, Adrian Beltre, one, one of my favorites. I was so sad when he when he uh, when he retired, uh, but he was just so fun to watch, and just all the all the videos. Like if you go on on YouTube and him just messing with people at first base, at third base, on the base pads, uh, in the batter's box, dude. I always remember when uh, when King Felix uh, Felix Hernandez threw him like a. a a 12-6 curveball. It, it was an off-speed pitch. It looked like a. Uh, it just came in so slow, and Beltre was just, like, baffled. He was just like, what the hell was that? And you just see him walk away with a smirk. Like, that was the that was the love and joy that Adrian Beltre uh, had every every day that he, that he wore the uniform. So, Adrian Beltre uh, being on the ballot for the first time. You got Joe Maurer out there, a catcher. Long-time catcher for the uh, for the Twins. You got Chase Utley. Oh, God. Chase Utley. He's probably a Hall of Famer. I don't like him too much, but Chase Utley. First time on the ballot. Uh, so we'll take a look at that 2024 Hall of Fame ballot. We'll debate. We'll debate because that is the fun thing to do with ballots, and and everyone has a different opinion on Hall of Famers. Should A-Rod be in? Should, should Barry Bonds have gotten in? That'll be uh, conversations for years and years when, uh, when the – Modern era committee votes on Barry Bonds. That'll be interesting. So, so that's uh that's it. And then I mentioned earlier uh, about twenty minutes ago <laughs> that the 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 winter meetings kick off in Nashville December third to the sixth. So as I mentioned, uh, we will be looking at the awards, and I'm just gonna run through this real quick because these awards I feel are pretty cut and dry. I mean, at the beginning of the year. You always make your predictions and and who you thought. Honestly, with the Rookie of the Year, I thought it was going to go to Kodai Singa. He is a finalist, so congratulations to him. But um, after watching the whole season, and I didn't know too much. I mean, I knew a little bit about Corbin Carroll, and I heard about him uh, through the minors and and everything like that. But Corbin Carroll, I think from the from the start to the end, and and nothing against James Outman, Outman, but uh, he is a Dodger, so let's not give the Dodgers any more uh, credit that they need. At this moment in time, but the uh, Corbin Carroll, <laughs> I feel like he was the rookie of the year 
from the beginning to the end. So that's uh, that's my prediction for National League Rookie of the Year. So we'll go through all these categories real quick, and then we'll end with the MVP, and we'll have a, a quick conversation about the MVP. But National League Rookie of the Year, Corbin Carroll. I think it's uh, cut and dry. Corbin Carroll is going to uh, get that one. AL Rookie of the Year, honestly, Gunnar Henderson uh, for Baltimore. I mean, he was the catalyst to what the Baltimore Orioles did this year. So I'm going to give that to uh, Gunnar Henderson. Also, fantastic, fabulous name for a baseball player, Gunnar Henderson. Uh, you look at the manager of the year. We're starting the NL. It'll be where uh, the <laughs> the north side of Chicago hates this guy uh, now, but Craig Council, um, I think just everything that he did. But he's he's a... He's a finalist for the National League Manager of the Year, Craig Council. Also, Skip Schumacher. I remember drafting him late in many of my uh, my fantasy baseball leagues years and years ago. So, uh, honestly, I, I'm going to be honest. I didn't know he was managing. <laughs> I did not. I did not realize that he was the manager for the Miami Marlins. Show how much of a baseball fan I am. Uh, and then Brian Snitker for the Atlanta Braves. Uh, he's on there as well, but I think it goes to Craig Council, who uh, who has left, <laughs> who has left Craig uh, or has left Milwaukee. I'm sorry, they weren't mad in Chicago. They're happy in Chicago. He's in Chicago now. That's where he is. He's the manager of the Chicago Cubs. Uh, he left Milwaukee, so uh, the guys in Milwaukee are not happy um, about. Craig Council right now. They actually defaced uh, some property, a field that Craig Council had in Milwaukee. I mean, that, that's, that's taking it a little far. Come on, come on, guys. What are we doing? Uh, but but Craig Council. Craig Council, uh, National League Manager of the Year. AL Manager of the Year. I might be biased. I don't give a damn. I'm going Bruce Bochy. Bruce Bochy took a team that lost 100 games and for most of the year led the American League West where... The Houston Astros reign supreme for the past five years. Maybe even longer than that. I can't count, but I can read, Mike. Uh, but, but Bruce Bochy took the, and, and I know, I know that these awards, they're voted prior to postseason, or or I don't even know, are they? Are they voted on prior to postseason, or are they, are they asking the voters, yeah, just, just forget everything that happened. And that's a little bit, Absurd. How are you going to forget what happened in the postseason? Honestly, you can forget what Otani did in the postseason because, uh, shocker, he wasn't there. Uh, <laughs> I'm throwing shade at Otani now. People were hating me. Uh, I love Otani. That, that's one of my favorite guys. That's actually the first game that I watched in person was Otani pitching a gem out there, uh, at the Coliseum on opening night, uh, this season against the Oakland. Athletics, who will ne- who will be the Las Vegas Aviators? I, I don't know what the hell they're going to be named anymore. I don't think they take the name. Anyways, uh, so Bruce Bochy, hundred games that the Texas Rangers lost and turned them into a World Series champion. Even if you take out the postseason and what they accomplished in the postseason, just the fact that they reigned supreme. They didn't win the N- the AL West. They fell out of it at the end. But the fact that they controlled and dominated that division for about 75, 80% of the year uh, should be telling. So also in consideration is Kevin Cash and Brandon Hyde for Baltimore. Also, man, Baltimore, 
Oh, that could be that could be tough because Baltimore. I mean, we all know what they did. They 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 won the division. So I think that that would be the the biggest competition for Bruce Bochy. But uh, yeah, and Bruce Bochy had had all those big contracts, so they had a lot of money. Oh man, I'm giving it to Bruce Bochy though. I'm biased. I'll say that 100. I ride for my guy Boch. Uh, let's go to the AL or the NL. Cy Young. You got a couple of guys that could be on the staff together. Hey, a guy can dream. So you got Blake Snell for the San Diego Padres. Uh, he is up for the Cy Young. I believe that he will be the eventual winner. Uh, shout out Logan Webb for getting consideration for the San Francisco Giants. About the only good thing that came from this season. Ah, a couple of good things because Gabe Kapler is no longer the Giants manager uh, in San Francisco, we got Bob Melvin now. So a couple of good things happened there uh, at the end of the year. But Logan Webb in there for, and again, you know, we get we get the two strong candidates and then we get the throw in. I think I, I'm not saying that Logan Webb is a throw in. I kind of am saying Logan Webb is a throw in. He had a fantastic year, but when you put it up against Blake Snell, I just don't think that there's any comparison. Blake Snell uh, is, is going to win the AL or the NL Cy Young. And then you got Zach Gallen. Uh, Galen Gallen from the Arizona Diamondbacks as well in consideration, but I think that award goes to Blake Snell. In the AL Cy Young Award, uh, you got Garrett Cole, former Giant, uh, Kevin Gosman, and potential future. You got, you got a couple of future Giants uh, in consideration for the Cy Young, which gets me excited. So let me get let me get a Blake Snell on the in the pitching rotation uh, to pair with Logan Webb. Maybe maybe not so much Sonny Gray, but Sonny Gray, Sonny Gray, a Bo Mel guy. You do remember, and he, he pitched for the Oakland Athletics uh, a, t- a, t- a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. Uh, so Sonny Gray is now in there for the Cy Young with the Minnesota Twins, also a free agent. Uh, honestly, if I'm if I'm being honest here with the Giants and their free agents and their uh, track record. Lock it in now, Sonny Gray in the orange and black. So uh, Kevin Gosman, Garrett Cole, I think it goes to Garrett Cole there uh, for the AL Cy Young. So now let's get into the MVP talk. And this is the the big thing that I'm going to uh, leave you guys with here. We're going to have a discussion here. Uh, pull up a chair, everyone. Pull up a chair. And uh, thank you for listening, sticking around. Have you, have you gotten annoyed with my voice yet? Usually I, I do these. You guys don't hear me too much because I do these uh, with interview format so i usually have somebody with me i'm just sitting in my room right now praying to god that the laundry does not bleed through this recording (laughs) it's it's off now but when we started i don't know if you guys heard any banging if you did hear any banging earlier in the podcast i am safe no one was trying to get into the door uh no one's trying to break in i'm safe uh but that laundry could be could be pretty loud, especially when you have a have a big load in there. Uh, any anyways, all right, let's get into the uh, the MVP conversation. Uh, what I was talking about earlier was obviously I, I think we know which way it's going to go in the NL MVP. You got Ronald Acuna, Mookie Betts, and Freddie Freeman. Two Dodgers against one Brewer. The Bru- Dodgers or uh, one Brave. Sorry about that. One Brave, two Dodgers. And one MVP uh, winner, which will be Ronald Acuna. I think that the two Dodgers cancel each other out. Freddie Freeman cancels out Mookie Betts. And 
And not to say that that's the only reason why Ronald Acuna is winning the MVP. Ronald Acuna had one of the best seasons. I mean, it's never happened. He had 40 bombs and 70, 70 stolen bases. I mean, he went 40-70. Never happened in the history of the game. So that alone is, you know, cause for winning the MVP. It is phenomenal. I mean, just to see what he was doing. I remember I was talking to Braves guys uh, when I was doing my stuff with Marty Lurie, Weekends in the Park, and we were having discussions about what is the ceiling for Ronald Acuna, but then also how much of the stolen bases are going to be taken away or the luster of, of Ronald Acuna being taken away because of all the rule changes. Is, is the 70 stolen bases, it's impressive, but is it a a construct of the rules being in place. Uh, but yeah, in 2019, 40 home runs, 37 stolen bases. And that was the most that he had in a season um, prior to this year making 73, getting 73 stolen bases. So again, uh, I don't think that the rules, the changes and all that kind of stuff, you are a product of your environment. And is anyone taking away all the passing yard, you know, uh, records from Tom Brady, Peyton Manning? Because the rules make it so, especially in today's NFL. But the game changes. And in this case, Ronald Acuna took it and literally ran with it, ran and stole second base 73 times. In a season, wow! I did not know that it was it was that much of a jump. Uh, literally, I, I didn't. I did not uh, anticipate that. I thought that he was floating around, you know, the 30s and 40s. But yeah, the highest that he ever had was in 2019 at 37. So uh, it is a big jump. I understand that, but nonetheless, it is impressive that he was able to have that high of a steal because also. He's going more often and literally only had three caught, caught stealing three times uh, more than, than his previous high at 11. Got caught stealing 14 times. That is impressive. I mean, that, that is a good percentage of, of base stealing. So um, good on Ronald Acuna getting the MVP, or he hasn't got the MVP, but I believe he is going to be the MVP. And then you go to Shohei Otani. I mean, Shohei Otani, again, I've had these conversations with everyone uh, at my job. I've thrown this out there. Is, is Shohei Otani literally going to get the MVP just for suiting up and going out there and pitching and hitting? Like, we know that he's having Tommy, Tommy John surgery this offseason, and he won't be pitching next year. So what does he have to do in order to edge out? So I mean, he just becomes, at that point, he becomes a normal player. So he doesn't get the boost of being, I called it the the, the five extra points for Shohei Otani uh, being a two-way player. He doesn't get that boost next year. But again, because he is a two-way player, what does someone need to do to edge him out? You look back at last year. In, in 2022, you look back at the MVP for the American League, and, and I'm going to tie this around. We talked about Ronald Acuna for about five minutes. I'm going to tie this around back to Ronald Acuna conversation. But in 2022, Shohei Otani was edged out 
by Aaron Judge. And Shohei Otani arguably had a better season last year than he did the year prior when he got the damn MVP. But what happened? What did Aaron Judge do? He just wasn't Aaron Judge. Oh, yeah, he broke the single-season American League home run record. He broke it. Did something historic. Does someone have to do something historic in order for them, and again, assuming that Otani is Otani and pitching and hitting at the same tick every single year. It's the it's the Mike Trout effect in in essence. Mike Trout, anytime that he was on the field for majority of the season, he was the unanimous MVP. He would he would win it every single time. It's the Mike Trout effect. Now it's the Otani effect. Anytime that he's out there pitching on the mound and hitting bombs, he is the MVP. Is there something that has to happen because also you look at Corey Seager. He was on the World champion Texas Rangers. And I know he didn't have a, you know, sexy number of, of, of statistics, but he was damn good. And a huge reason. Again, that's why I take it back to should the MVP be on a winning team? Because Corey Seeger was a huge reason why they won the World Series and were as dominant as they were for the entirety of the season. Almost almost edging out the Houston Astros for the division. He was a huge reason for that. But okay, take that away because Otani's going to win the MVP because of what he does on both sides of the ball. But eventually, we're going to get into an era, I believe. I don't know any I don't have any insights inside scoop on it or anything like that. I believe that all these awards that we just went through, Rookie of the Year, Manager of the Year, Cy Young, MVP, I believe that at some point in the near future, it will become an all-inclusive award, much like the NFL, much like the NBA. Both, quote-unquote, leagues will have to decide who is the MVP. And why do I say that? Because there is there a difference in the leagues now? It's essentially, when you go back and look, look at baseball, for years and years and years, it was a different brand of ball. You knew the National League was pitching heavy, defense, and speed. That was the type of ball that you would expect to see in the National League. In the American League, with the DH, naturally, you get a lot of power. You get the big sluggers in the American League. That was the brand, high-scoring games, that was the brand of the American League and the National League. Now that it's universal DH, now that everyone's doing the same damn thing, now that everybody's looking at analytics... It's the same game being played in Los Angeles as it is in St. Louis, as it is in Florida, as it is in Milwaukee, New York, anywhere, all around the country. It's the same brand of ball 
with a couple of tweaks, with a couple of differences because of staff. But it's the same game everywhere you look. So why have the records to distinguish National League, American League, when it's essentially the same damn thing? So anyways, I think that MVP, all these awards are all going to be just the one person, one person in the league. Now let's bring that to this year. Let's bring that to the conversation this year. Ronald Acuna, everyone looking at his statistics. We just talked about it. 40-70, a historic year. It's never been done before. It's literally never been done before. But also a two-way player has never been seen. Everyone wants to comp Babe Ruth. Babe Ruth did it for a couple of years. And who knows with the Tommy John surgery how that is going to affect Shohei in the long term. But with him being that type of guy, if you look at Ronald Acuna's numbers and the type of year that he had, it is historic. But is it enough to edge out Shohei Otani? And then that's the question. Does someone need to do something historic in order to take away the MVP honors from someone that is a two-way player and a top five on both sides of the ball? A top five pitcher and a top five hitter. Best hitter, might be actually the best hitter in the game when you look at it. Top five pitcher. Does someone have to do something historic? We saw it last year with Aaron Judge. He did something historic. Ronald Acuna, again, the rule changes, everyone factors that in. Is that historic enough? Does it, does it have to be historic enough? Not just historic, does it have to be historic enough to edge out Shohei Otani? I'm not trying to take anything away from Otani. What he does is phenomenal. It is amazing to watch. I saw it for the first time in my life this year to see him hit and pitch in the same in the same game in person. Seeing him strike out Mike Trout in the world in the WBC, that was amazing. Didn't see it in person. I wish I did. Man, if I was if I was there, where, where was it? In, in Miami? Is that where the final was? God, that that would have been an electric. Uh, Electric atmosphere. But Shohei Otani, because he suits up on both sides, because he gets on the mound, and because he gets in that batter's box, the unicorn. What what needs to happen? Does it have to be something historic? Does does Ronald Acuna, if if the scenario that I drew up for you, that you have to pick one MVP from the entire league, does Ronald Acuna edge out Shohei Otani. I'd like to say yes, but there'll be a lot of people who are skeptical. And because of the rule changes and everything, they try to diminish what Ronald Acuna did. So that's the question. MVP. I think we'll get there eventually and we'll revisit this conversation. Because I do think that that is going to happen. And then we'll have to ask ourselves, does it, is, is it just the Otani Award at that point? Because 
what he does, it's never been seen, and it probably will never be seen ever again. So you have to take that into context as well. So let's transition into Shohei Otani winning that MVP. Let's transition into the latest rumors of Shohei Otani where he's going to be landing. The 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 Shohei sweepstakes. Need to get a need to get a sounder for uh, anytime we talk Shohei because it happens all the, all the damn time. I feel like I talk Shohei more than anyone. So Shohei Otani. I mean, if you're not a big market team. You probably are not looking at Shohei Otani. Even if you are, like if you're the Milwaukee Brewers <laughs> or if you're the uh, the Kansas City Royals, are you are you looking into Shohei Otani? You can't sign him, but do you just do it for fun? John Lund, a uh, guy that I work with, guy that I work with, <laughs> Papa and Lund show on KMBR 10 to 2. Monday through Friday, I'm the producer. John is the talent. He does not believe that uh, if you if you have no <laughs> you have no intent of signing him, then why the hell why the hell talk to him? Got a got a huge debate with uh, Greg Popper earlier this year. Go check that out on the on the KMBR website. It was hilarious. I loved it. It was great. But again, uh. You have to at least have a conversation. At least talk to the guy, right? Entertain him for a couple hours. You have, you have to, right? Especially if you're a big market team. If you're in New York, if you're in L.A., if you're in San Francisco, if you're in Seattle, if you're on the coast, pretty much, if you're in Boston, you're talking to this guy. Now, a poll came out. Not too long ago, uh, 12 writers were asked at MLB.com. They were asked, where do you think Shohei Otani is going to go? And the consensus, 10 of the 12, cover your ears, Giants fans, 10 of the 12, Shohei Otani, rocking Dodger Blue, next year at Chavez Ravine. Not too far from where the Angels play. Probably what? Up the freeway. 45, 45 minutes without traffic. Maybe an hour, hour 30 with traffic. I don't know. Shohei Otani to the Dodgers. That's what a lot of people are saying. Now, okay, that's what happens. Because the Giants are potentially bidding on Otani and Bellinger. There's been a lot of rumors about the Giants pretty much being linked to anyone and everyone. But that's how it always goes with the Giants in the offseason. When will they close, Farhan? That's what we're asking. When is that going to happen? It almost happened with Judge. Did it? I don't know. I don't know how close they were, honestly. Seemed like he was just going go to the, go to the Yankees the whole time. He was looking for houses, apparently, out here in the Bay Area, whatever. I don't know how close the Giants were. But regardless, so they they pivot, they go to Carlos Correa. Oh yeah, no, they uh, they didn't do that either. He was a giant for about seven six days. He was a giant, right? Then the physical happened, and 
I lived a nightmare for about uh for about two weeks. <laughs> I was just waiting to wake up. I was just waiting to wake up. This can't be right. Anytime someone brings up a physical, I just have PTSD from it. Physical. Ah, Carlos Correa. Ah. Yeah. So, Giants didn't do that. In the past, they didn't get Bryce Harper. They didn't get John Carlos Stanton. I mean, the list goes on and on and on and on. And if you're a Giants fan, which I am, die hard, uh, it gets old after a while. Then you start to question, all right, what, what the hell are we really doing? So if they don't get Otani, and this is the part of the conversation what John was having with, uh, with Greg, was I'm not, he wasn't saying to not go after Otani. I mean, he was saying to not have the conversation, but that's not what he meant. What he meant was that the Giants put all their effort into getting Aaron Judge and then Carlos Correa. And they missed out on other potential free agents. The Giants should have learned their lesson from that. So, if you're going to get outbid from Otani, which everyone in the baseball world believes that it's going to happen, and the only only people that know what their limit is on this generational talent of Shohei Otani is the Giants. Now, you need to go ahead and look yourself in the damn mirror and tell me, are you going to go all in on Shohei? And by all in... That is by any means necessary. Are you going to go after Shohei Otani? Because you know the type of deals that the Dodgers do. You know what you're going up against. Look yourself in the eye. And this is where I totally under, understand what, where John was coming from. You need to look yourself in the mirror and say, hey, you know what? We believe in our, in our efforts, but that's not going to happen. Be realistic. Put your efforts elsewhere. If we're not going to get Otani, all right, that's fine. I can stomach him going to the Dodgers. If the Giants get someone else. Not someone else. A few other guys. Because Otani's annual contract is going to look somewhere around 55, 60 mil. Let me get players for that same amount and maybe even a little more on an annual basis. Let me get a Yamamoto. Let me get a Cody Bellinger. All right? Let, 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 let's, let's trade for Pete Alonzo and pay him. I mean, let's, let's get funky with it. <laughs> okay? We need players. We need star power to revitalize this fan base. But... If you're going to go in there and say, oh, we're going to go Shohei Otani. We're going to show Shohei Otani. Shohei Otani. And then you come in empty-handed again? I swear there's going to be a revolt. The, the fans will lose all faith. You cannot do the same thing that we did last year. And I know there's plan A's and plan B's, plan whatever. But if Otani's going to take that long to sign, you need Yamamoto... It sounds like, I mean, the, the rumors were that he was going to post, be posted after Thanksgiving. Might happen sooner than that. Might happen as, as early as next week, from what uh, John Morosi said. 
Could be as soon as next week that Yamamoto is po- is posted. If he is, you you be- you better get in on that because we don't want any more second place finishes, literally, in the division or in free agents. We we don't want second place finishes. Second place actually might be a little a little good this year, <laughs> but you get what I mean. You can't come up short. You can't continue to come up short. So set your sights on something realistic. Cody Bellinger. I mean, the the rumor is that he's going to be available to, uh, I mean, it, it sounds like it's coming down to the Yankees going back to the Cubs or the Giants. That's the latest rumors. But the Giants were so bad defensively. Ranked last in steals. I know Cody doesn't do too much there. But they definitely didn't hit for enough power. That's something that Cody can help with. They need to spend and they need to focus on different on difference makers. I think Cody Bellinger, I mean, hell, we saw it for multiple years when he was a member of the Dodgers. He won an MVP. He still has it in him. How old is Cody Bellinger? Cody Bellinger, I believe, is... 20, uh, 29 years old, maybe 28. He's, he's young enough. So let's get him in there. Also, uh, <laughs> as much as I would love to have Shohei Otani on our team, not one player is going to fix all the problems that the Giants have. Let's be realistic. They need bodies. They need players. They need ball players. To come in there, everyday players too. I'm not wanting none of this, none of this damn platoon crap anymore. Let's throw that out the out the door. Send it with with Gabe Kapler. We don't want that. We want everyday guys that we can invest in. We want a starting rotation. They had two guys last year in the rotation. Let me get a Yamamoto. Let me get a a Blake Snell. I know they picked up the options of uh of uh of of Alex Cobb. I know they have. Ross Stripling coming back. All right, we'll deal with that. Figure it out. <laughs> Michael Conforto coming back, picking up his player option. That was a bit surprising. Uh, maybe he gets moved. I don't know. We'll have to see what happens there. But, I mean, when you look at the acquisition of Bob Melvin from the Giants, he has a history of managing guys from the Pacific Rim. And that doesn't, Translate that they're going to get these guys. They're going to get everyone. My buddy uh, sent me a Sutsugo rumor, the former uh, former pirate. Uh, I was like, come on, man. That's not, that's not what we want. We're probably going to end up with uh, Jung, Jung-ho Lee from, uh, from Korea. Probably going to end up with that. But, I mean, he would be a massive upgrade. In center field, let's do something. <laughs> that's all I want. That's all, all, that's all Giants fans want. Show us that you're alive. Show us that you have fight. Show us that we have a team that we can root for. So that's what I'm calling for for the Giants. They have a lot of offseason needs. Pitching, improving defense, getting more athletic. They need power. They need everything. They need a new team. You can't run it back with what you had last year. So let's not do that. Yamamoto is out there. He's one of the free agents that 
uh, I think that the Giants can highly benefit from. ERA last year was 1.21. My God. His walk percentage was a career low. K to walk ratio, 169. Nice. To 28 walks. Has a good fastball. I've used him on the show. I think I know what I'm talking about. (laughs) Uh, Also out there in the pitching market for the Giants, we got Aaron Nola, big free agent. Had a rough start to the season, but finished really strong uh, with the Phillies. He might be going back, but if he doesn't go back, I mean, the Phillies will be in play with with replacing him. So Blake Snell could end up in the Phillies as well. So, uh, But Blake Snell is out there. Left-handed pitching is hard to come by. And he is a top-end starter at the moment. How much longer will he be at the top end of the rotation? Father time always wins. But uh, the eventual Cy Young Award winner out there on the free agent market, Blake Snell, and then the, the three hitters that I have that could benefit the, the Giants, Cody Bellinger, obviously we talked about, Jung-Ho Lee, um, Kevin Kiermeyer might be out there for the Giants. But number three, I had Matt Chapman coming in there. Uh, Bo Mel connection. Cody Bellinger, the Farhan connection. The Giants apparently like to uh, play on their past. So those moves make absolutely a lot of sense. So uh, other moves around the league before we are done, and we'll get into some rumors and end this podcast because I've been talking for an hour, and that is a long time to be talking. So uh, let's go ahead and finish finish this up. Moves around the league. Erod and Marcus Stroman elected to opt out of their player options, so they are now in the free agent pitching pool. Steven Vogt uh, named manager of the Cleveland Guardians, and as we mentioned earlier, Craig Council leaves Milwaukee for Chicago. Chicago Cubs, I, I don't know, they, they did David Ross wrong. Uh, so there you have it with the, with the latest moves. There was other moves, but these were the more uh, impactful ones, especially as it moves into the free agent hot stove season now with the latest rumors um let's get into some of them while Juan Soto has a year left on his contract there's been a lot of rumblings that that Juan Soto could be on the move but John Paul Morosi our guy Morosi from MLB Network Insider uh he said that there's at least a 50-50 chance that Soto will be traded uh by the time the spring training opens so uh, we'll have to see. We'll have to monitor what happens with Juan Soto. I think that a lot of guys that are out there looking for ops, a lot of teams that are looking out there for uh, for outfield help and for a for an impact bat, aka the the teams that are going after Corey Seager or not Corey Seager, Cody Bellinger, excuse me, teams that are going after Cody Cody Bellinger could inquire on Juan Soto. So watch out for the New York Yankees to get in the mix. Uh, yeah, we, we already took their, the Padres manager. I don't think they're going to give, uh, the Giants Juan Soto highly unlikely, but if, if they are willing, go ahead, take your pick from, from the farm, just any, anyone, but Carson Wisenhut and, uh, they, they can have Kyle Harrison. That, that, that's fine. Anyone other than, uh, Carson Wisenhut is, uh, is, is fine by me for Juan Soto. Uh, I don't know if that gets it done, but Morosi also says as far as trades, these are trades that are linked potentially to the Giants. Uh, Pete Alonso is 
potentially available for trade. Uh, there was a lot of talk. Uh, a lot of teams were were looking into the value, or the Mets were looking into the value, excuse me, of uh, of, of, an, of an Alonzo trade during the this week's general manager meetings in Scottsdale. So uh, Pete Alonzo could, could be made available, but also it is 50-50 to get traded. The Phillies are interested in Sonny Gray. I did mention uh, that if they don't get Aaron Nola, they will be looking at Blake Snell, but also Sonny Gray could be in the mix there with the Philadelphia Phillies. And the New York Yankees have Otani, shocker, <laughs> the Yankees have Otani and Bellinger at the top of their list, according to John Morosi. Literally, all of this news is coming from John, my guy John Morosi. I tr- trust him. Uh, he, he is he is invested and well uh, well connected. So I, I trust what what John Morosi says. But uh, the Yankees are are interested in Otani and Bellinger, but potentially interested in Matt Chapman as well. He is familiar with the AL East, just finishing up with the Toronto Blue Jays, my Blue Jays, by the way. Uh, so Matt Chapman also uh, linked to the Yankees. Giants need a slugger. They are linked to Cody Bellinger. Uh, they have him at the top of their list. Also, uh, Kevin Kiermeyer, not as sexy as a Cody Bellinger, but he is also an option, as I mentioned earlier. And finally, what I moved into saying earlier at the beginning of this podcast, the Brewers reportedly open to moving anyone and anything on that team. So what that means is Corbin Burns could be made available. Uh, Willie Adamas could be made available. Devin Williams could be made available. Uh, it's going to be very interesting to see what they end up doing and possibly Christian Yelich. So if the Braves or the, if the Brewers, why do I keep messing up the Brewers and the Braves? If the, <laughs> if the Brewers want to move on from their star players and restart, could shake up the free agent market, uh, but also I, I I do think that the that the Giants are going to be really active um, in the trade market this year. I don't know what that means as far as who they acquire. So it's going to be very interesting to follow all these rumors. Those are just a, a little bit of the rumors. We're going to be uh, following a lot more of that. As I said, Twitter is your best friend. This is the season for Twitter or X, I guess is what it's called now. Uh, that is the season for X. You 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 follow everything. Um, like I said, Morosi, Olney, Passan, all those guys. Just stay up to date and and remember to listen to this podcast on a weekly basis because I will be bringing all those rumors to the forefront and we'll break it all down. So again, I want to thank everyone for sticking around for about it feels like five hours. It was only an hour. It was a little long. Didn't know I'd talk this long. I, I I was sat down here and said that I'd be talking for 30 minutes. It's been an hour. I've done two podcasts. I'm good for a while. But you guys, have a good one. Thank you for sticking around. Really appreciate it. And we will continue to break down all these rumors as they come to the forefront. We'll see where Otani goes. We'll see where these pitchers go. Blake Snell, Aaron Nola. Got a lot of them available. It's not the... Not the most sexy free agent class, but there are a lot of ball players that can make a difference for your team and maybe get you into October and beyond. So you guys have a good one. Be safe. Thank you for listening. Talk to you next time.